episode 12 of the Self-Care Sunday podcast, a minimalist media project by Kaylee Reed. Every Sunday, only on Sundays, I'll release a new podcast episode exploring topics like mental health, creativity, social media, feminism, and of course, self-care. We're putting women at the center of our media and behind the creation of it, and today's episode features the founder of Lulabelle Skincare, Alyssa Johnston. But before we get into the episode today, I want to talk about our podcast partner, Ethereal & Co. Ethereal & Co. is a Canadian women-run company based in Guelph, Ontario, and their goal is to speak out on self-love, self-care, mental health, sexual health, and feminist issues. Through their blog, socials, and merch, they encourage others to become their best selves through empowerment, mindfulness, and personal growth. Within the word ethereal contains the words the real her, and we can't think of a better representation of beauty than someone who is unafraid to be themselves. They're releasing a spring-summer apparel line in late May 2018, and if you use the code Kaylee15 at the checkout, then you can save 15% off your purchase. That's K-A-Y-L-E-Y-1-5 at the checkout at etherealandco.com, E-T-H-E-R-E-A-L and co.com. Now let's get into today's episode. Alyssa Johnston is the founder of Lulabelle Skincare, a boutique luxury line of skincare and self-care products. Alyssa started the research for her business when she was 22 years old and launched two years later in 2013 at the age of 24. The business is now celebrating its third year, and she also co-owns and operates PEI Treasure Box, which is a curated gift box with Prince Edward Island artisan-made products. The inspiration for Lulabelle has changed a little bit. At first, Alyssa just wanted to make it for herself and make people change their mind about natural beauty, make it stylish and accessible. And now the inspiration comes from her customers. She gets messages about women feeling confident to go without makeup and liking the natural products so much that they decide to change out their beauty products for more natural options, which makes her heart sore. Alyssa doesn't want to tell anyone that they need to fix something before they can be beautiful. She just wants them to feel confident in themselves and use products that are good for their body. Alyssa is an advocate for self-care and self-love. Part of her advocacy is being honest and true to who she is. Alyssa is the kind of person who cries at television commercials and will willingly tell you about it. And she owns the label Sensitive. In fact, she thinks it's a superpower, not a detriment. Her husband said it best when he said, she just feels harder than most. Alyssa lives in a little log home with her husband, a cat, and a rescued coonhound, and likes to be curled up in bed by 9 p.m. Alyssa, thank you so much for being on today's episode. I would love to start kind of at the beginning of your story. You're from PEI, right? Did you grow up there? I am from PEI. Um, Yeah, I did. I've lived here... Not my whole life, but most of my childhood I lived here. Um, and then my husband and I moved away to BC for a while, and then we moved back, and then we moved to St. John, New Brunswick, which I loved. I'd go back there in a heartbeat. But then after we got married, we decided we'd come back home, be close to family. I love St. John, too. I think it's one of my favorite cities. I don't know what is so cool about it, but it is very cool. <laughs> like, 
I, there was so much to do there. The people were super cool. I just, I loved living there. I loved it. And I know, like, me personally, I'm from a pretty small town as well, and PEI is really small. So <laughs> did you ever think that you would end up in PEI, or did you have, like, dreams of, you know, being elsewhere? Well, my childhood was really, like, idyllic. My parents were total hippies. We lived in, like, the middle of the woods, and basically my childhood was spent, like, outside, running around in my treehouse with my brother, and it was great, but I did, like, in high school, I kind of thought, this town is way too small for me. You know, you get so insecure. Everyone knows your business. Everyone's known you since you were, like, two years old. Yeah. Um, and that gets really uncomfortable, especially when you're, like, a very insecure teenager, which I was. So I thought I would definitely move away. And then my husband is also from here. And when we decided to move to BC, like, the third day we were there, I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> I need to go back. But we did stay for a while. I got my degree out there. And, um, yeah, but when, even when we moved back, I thought, um, I don't know. Like, I love being close to family, especially my mom. Like, I called her every day. But then when we moved to St. John, as much as I loved it, I just really wanted to come back. I loved PER because it's, I mean, I'm so close to the water all the time. Like, I'm looking out my bedroom window and I can see the water. And I just think that's so fantastic. What did you do your degree in? I have a degree in professional communications from Royal Roads University in BC, and and uh, I loved it. It was very like business communications, a lot of marketing, which is what I work in during the day. So good, worked out. Mm-hmm. And how did your entrepreneurial journey start? I think that I was always very entrepreneurial. I was always sort of scheming and dreaming of things I could do on my own. Um, And I changed my mind about what I wanted to do when I grew up all the time because I'm so multi-passionate. But my journey as an entrepreneur in the skincare world probably started when we were living in St. John. I got really obsessed with my health and what was going in my body, what was going on my body. I got really obsessed with Chris Carr, um, who I love, and I read her books. And I thought, there's so much, like, there's a lot of scary things in your cosmetics. So I sort of swapped everything out and made the stuff for myself. And then my husband, who is super supportive, was like, well, why don't you sell this? Like, this is great. Why don't you do it? Let's drain the savings account and just go for it. Because if you don't do it now, you're going to regret it later. And he would have been right. So, (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's amazing that he was so supportive from the beginning. I know. I got a good egg. He's, He's a really good one. So how did, first of all, what's the meaning behind the name, Lula Bell? I get asked this question all the time, and people always find my answer really funny because it's a little nod to my mom. I have a very cool, hippie little mama, and she actually calls me Lula Bell, and I have no idea where that came from because I'm not sure how that comes from Melissa at all. But yeah, it's just like a nod to her. She doesn't like the spotlight so I wanted to name it after her but I knew if I did she'd be really uncomfortable yeah she's such an inspiration to me so I just named it as like a little nod to her so when you were starting Lulabelle you mentioned like you didn't think that it was going to become a business like you started it out of kind of your personal need for those products how have things evolved and and where are you now with things so Lulabelle took a long time to get off the ground because there was 
so much research that went into it. And I love research. So I probably researched longer than I really needed to. And then, of course, I have to go through, like, Health Canada and everything. And I wanted everything done right at the beginning so that, like, once I started selling, I didn't have to worry about really anything. I could just focus on selling. So it's been running now for three years, but I've had the business for five. Um, I just took a long time getting it going. And it's it's been quite a ride. Like, I I'm so passionate about it. And I love it so much, but I definitely didn't think that I would be selling as much as I am or be making connections with people um, like I am. Like I get the sweetest messages from people who, you know, finally got had enough confidence to leave the house without makeup because they felt better in their own skin. Like I never could have imagined that my skincare line could have that effect. Which is pretty cool in only three years. So amazing. To even get one message, it's pretty incredible. Um, I know personally, like, I never really used to pay attention to the ingredients and the products that I was using daily or to even really where they were made. And it was only, like, in the past six months or so that I've really become more conscious of what I'm putting on my skin And I think people are becoming more aware now of like the harmful effects in the food industry and the fashion industry, but the beauty industry seems to still be getting away with a lot. And I feel like most people are just like ignorant or unaware. Um, What are some of the things about the traditional beauty products or brands or the industry in general that you've learned while creating Lulabelle? Oh my gosh. Um, that's like the hardest part of my business. I think, um, I get, I think it really fired up when I see some companies using ingredients that they claim, like they're still claiming that their brand is natural and clean, but their marketing is so good that unless you have researched every ingredient, uh, you would have no idea. And I find that it's just so difficult but it's, and it's really hard to ask people to change. Like, I would never want to be preachy about what you put on your skin, but what you put on your skin directly goes into your bloodstream. Mm-hmm. And on average, women put over 500 chemicals on their body every day, what? which is insane. 500 a day? A day, which is just, you know, horrifying. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's chemicals in everything and what you think is one ingredient could have 300 chemicals in it which is just awful but it's great that people are becoming more aware but it is hard because big companies that have huge marketing teams that can do such a great job of convincing people that their products are clean it's just really difficult for the consumer and one of the one of the really tough things about the beauty industry I find is that they're there really isn't a ton of regulations. Um, they're definitely better here in Canada, but in the states, it's sort of like a like a free for all. <laughs> you can you can get away with a lot. You can put natural on your label without having really anything natural in it. Maybe you have like one natural ingredient. Um, so that's that's really hard to swallow when you're doing the research behind it. And a lot of companies that are promoting products kind of similar to mine. Um, they'll put their stuff in, you know, clear bottles that will, that's not great because the oils can, can go rancid. So Mm -hmm. it's just tough to sort of watch it while you're doing 
all the work to try and make sure that yours is actually really clean. And I think the, the biggest thing that makes me a little upset at the, the beauty industry is that so many natural, organic, clean beauty brands use perfume. And perfume is one of those things like a fragrance can have hundreds of chemicals. They don't have to list those. They just have to put fragrance. So I always warn people about that without trying to be too preachy Mm -hmm. um, and without becoming really jaded at the industry. Like there are so many companies doing amazing, amazing things and, and making big waves, but there are still a lot of big companies that are very convincing. And if I wasn't doing the research to make stuff, I would have no idea. So I always feel really awful for, you know, people that they really want to change. And then I, you know, I, they're like, Oh, I bought all these. I bought this, this, this. And I'm like, Oh, none of those are natural. (laughs) So it's just hard because you don't want to waste your money on, on something you're going to, you're not, you know, you're making the effort to try and swap out your beauty products, you want that to be like a one-time purchase because it gets really expensive. Yeah, that's interesting that you touched on kind of that marketing aspect of things Um, because I actually had a moment this past week. I was in the Pharmapri looking for like a new shampoo and conditioner because I don't yet know of any local brands that do the shampoo and conditioner like I know of like the skincare and the the makeup but not shampoo and conditioner yet so I was looking for a brand that had natural ingredients was cruelty free and was made in Canada which is something that I never really used to look at Um, but out of the entire aisle of all these colored bottles only one of them like only one product actually fit that criteria and of that aisle, there was so much kind of like buzzword marketing on every product. Um, So one, I was like kind of shocked. And I think that finding natural ingredients is becoming easier and finding cruelty-free products is becoming easier, or maybe it seems that it is. But finding both of those things made at home seems to be another challenge. Do you think that there's room for more Canadian-made brands, or is it already a pretty competitive landscape? Oh, I know. It's it's so tough. I do that at the store all the time. I'm on my phone. I have, like, a list on my phone that are ingredients, like, no-no ingredients for me. Um, it's really hard to know what you're buying. And it is hard to get local things. There's so many cool Canadian companies. I don't know why we can't get them, like easily accessible they can be very difficult to get so I love community over competition so I think yeah like let's bring in as many people as we can to have cool products like I have some Canadian brands that I absolutely love Um, like Green Beaver is really great St. Francis Herb Farm is really cool Uh, Routine Deodorant they're all Canadian they use natural ingredients And Joy McCarthy of Joyous Health, who I really look up to, she is actually launching a shampoo and conditioner. And that's made in Toronto. So Yay. I'll need to look out for that. Really good. And you've always been like really supportive of 
other small brands, female entrepreneurs. I know you've supported me and Bloggers Brunch in the past. And I know you're also just a big advocate for women's empowerment, which really plays out in the brand. Um, I'd love for you to tell us a bit about your love letters from a Bell campaign. Sure. Yeah, I love female entrepreneurs and I love to support people and their passions. You can tell someone's passionate about something. I just get so excited for them that you just you want to celebrate with them. And women are really hard on themselves and each other. So if there can be more people, especially women, celebrating and supporting other women, I'm all for that all the time. Yeah, my love letters from a Bell campaign came to me one day. I was getting ready. And I just, in my brain, had a lot of negative self-talk going on. And I just sort of stopped and realized what I was doing because I was getting in a pretty cranky mood. I was like, why am I so cranky? And then I, like, listened to my thoughts for a second. It was pretty easy to figure out. And it, it kind of broke my heart because... I fancy myself pretty good at at that. I've worked really hard at self-love. And I would never, ever speak to a friend like that. So I was like, what am I doing to myself? And, you know, I, I was just thinking about it, and I thought, so many women do this. Like, so many women speak negatively to themselves every day, every time they pass a mirror. Like, that just, it, honestly, it just breaks my heart. So I just wanted the love letters to be positive reminders for people that they aren't alone. It's okay to make some time for yourself and to love yourself unconditionally. It's also okay to not feel like that all the time. So I reached out to some amazing women like yourself and asked them to sort of write a letter to It could be to anyone. The most popular one was writing a letter to the younger self, which I thought was really cool because I know I have, like, a lot of younger um, customers. So it was nice to be able to reach them and just talk about, like, how your insecurities won't define who you are in the long run. Right now, I think, you know, self-care has kind of become this marketing buzzword and skincare is definitely one of the industries that plays into that. So how do you balance running a product-based business and maintaining your own values around self-care and self-love? And maybe how do you define self-care? I think, to be honest, I'm really lucky because my mom really instilled self-care and self-love and like overall well-being in me for as long as I can remember. Like, I I love nutrition. It's something that's always really interested me. So if you look at nutrition, you know, it's it's, all-encompassing. Like, nutrition has to do with every aspect of your life. So I think the same way when it comes to my products. And it's it's something to supplement with with your overall well-being. It's not going to fix everything. And I, I actually always tell my customers that no skincare is going to magically fix your skin if you're, you know, eating crap all the time. <laughs> if you're not, you know, eating some vegetables and drinking your water and moving your body, chances are your skin is not going to look great because it's really a mirror of what's happening on the inside. So because I have that understanding already, I think it's a little bit easier for me to, to look at it in a more holistic approach. And I love 
Lulabelle skincare. It's amazing. But I'm not trying to become a billionaire doing it. So I would rather people learn about my things and make, you know, if they can't afford it, go out to the store and make something for themselves, pick up some olive oil and start using that instead. That that would make me happy, you know, because they're going to, that's going to be better for them. And self-care to me, I think self-care is so different for everybody. You know, some, I think it looks different to me every day. So sometimes it can be meal prepping. Sometimes it can be doing my laundry and cleaning my house, um, walking my dogs, keeping a routine. And then other times self-care for me is like doing nothing, watching Netflix, laying down and actively like resting, making myself rest. I get a little upset when people talk about self-care not just being bats, which I totally agree with. It's not. However, if someone is busy and they are carving out 20 minutes for themselves to have a bath and that's the only way that they feel they can fit in, they shouldn't, <laughs> no one should be like, well, that's, that's not really it, <laughs> you know, mm. just because it's like trendy. Like, for me, I've had baths have always been a part of my self-care. I take the time to read. I'm reflective. My body just rests. And if all you have time for is five minutes, that's totally fine. But I don't think anyone should judge anyone's self-care time. I think whatever makes you happy and feel good, that's what your self-care should be. Yes, so true. And you're right. It is so different for every single person. And I love how you mentioned that your self-care kind of changes day to day because it kind of has to, like I find taking care of myself, you know, it's going to look differently if I'm traveling versus if I'm at home visiting my parents versus if I have a really long day working 10 hours versus if it's a weekend, like your life changes and you know, you have different things going on in your life. And so your self-care kind of has to adapt to those things as well. Absolutely. And, and some, because it's so trendy and on social media, you know, sometimes I think people feel pressure to do certain things for self-care. I don't think anyone should feel pressured at all. And I think they should try and remember that if they're looking at someone online and getting really jealous of all, you know, all these, these 20 steps this person does before bed to take care of themselves. And they're like, well, I will never have time for that. I don't have money for these products. I don't have, you know, I don't have the resources for this. I think it would be really nice if we could reframe that and look at, social media as more of like a gentle reminder that, hey, I didn't do anything for myself today. Maybe I should take five minutes instead of, oh, that person has, you know, all this time and all these products and I can never get self-care into my day. You know, instead of kind of turning it and being angry at that person, like you're sending out anger into the world, just internal, like reflect back into yourself think, hey, that's a great reminder. Maybe I should sit down and have a glass of water. Like, that can be my self-care for right now. That's all you can do? That's great. Like, you know, some days I have time for an hour to do self-care before bed or in the morning. Sometimes I have, like, two minutes. So I sit with my dogs. <laughs> Which one of Right them on cue. <laughs> that would be Belle. She's one of our rescue hounds. We have two hound dogs. They're, they're loud pups, but they're pretty cute. 
Super adorable. Um, I think what you were just saying about, you know, seeing social media as like a positive little reminder versus feeling competitive or envy when people post certain things, which, you know, I think we all do. It's kind of this inherent feeling that really easily comes up when you're, when you're scrolling in your feed and you feel stuck. Um, and I know my mental health journey has really evolved and ebbed and flowed with my usage of social media. Um, and I think back to when I was younger, kind of pre-social media, and I still had mental health issues, um, but they just kind of manifested in different ways and self-care for me also manifested in different ways. You talked a little bit about kind of being insecure as a teenager as well. I'm curious how your mental health journey has maybe shifted throughout your journey as, you know, growing into an adult and, and starting this business and using social media. Yeah, that's big. I I was definitely very insecure, which, you know, as like a teenage girl can make you just like a mean person. I don't know why it comes out like that, but sometimes it can. And that's sort of how it came out in me. I was mean but shy at the same time, which is, it's a hard one. And I think that not having like a ton of social media at the time was really good because if I had access to Instagram, as much as I love Instagram, it's a fantastic platform to, you know, create community and, and speak to people and, you know, make new friends. But it's, it's also pretty easy to go down like a, a dark hole in social media. Life is all about seasons I think and last year like the entire year was sort of a difficult season for me I would say um we just bought our house and then we our two of our pets passed away in the last year and it was just difficult and I just did not want to go on the internet I didn't want to see other people's pets I didn't want to see people having housewarming parties and like I just couldn't I couldn't do it and my husband was really, he's not really a social media guy, so he was just like, so just just don't go on it. <laughs> I was like, well, but, you know, I have to. And he's like, no, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I don't. <laughs> like, yeah, it is a huge part of my business, but I don't have. The only person holding me accountable on social media is myself. So if I feel like I need to take a break, which I did last year, I took a pretty long break on social media. Now I like check in sometimes like once a week. Sometimes I post five days a week. Sometimes I don't story at all. Like I, you know, I'm pretty inconsistent, but it, it's what works for my mental health. It, it makes me less anxious. I post when I feel like I have something to say, um, as opposed to feeling like I need to post all the time for somebody else. And that's, that's been a game changer for me. It, it's not great that it took like a, a bad year to get there. But now I look at social media like a fun thing to do. And I, I stopped looking at it as something I had to do. It had to be part of my day. Now I'm, of course, still guilty of like getting up and checking my phone and scrolling through Instagram. But I'm, I'm getting a lot better at if I feel myself getting a little anxious or sensitive about a certain subject, I just, I just turn it off. I just turn it off 
and I get outside and I walk my dogs. That's like an easy fix for me to feel a little bit healthier. And then I think having some boundaries in place with social media is really good. I try not to look at it first thing in the morning. I try not to look at it right before I go to bed. Of course, there are days that I don't follow through with that, but I'm not going to beat myself up over that either. I think just being conscious of when you're reaching for your phone to go on social media, why are you doing it? And if it's because you don't want to sit with your own thoughts, maybe you should put the phone away for a little while. That's been really helpful for me personally. Mm, That's a really interesting rule. Um, Yeah. I like that. Yeah, it has really worked for me, especially when I'm going through a rough time. I don't need to be on there. But, you know, sometimes, too, I just want to go on Instagram. And that's okay, too. Like, go on and watch Insta stories. And, you know, it can be really fun. If it's still fun for me, I'll go on it. Once it stops being fun, I just put it away. I want to backtrack to something that you mentioned earlier um, around skincare because this is something that I've really struggled with. Like, I've struggled with my skin for 10 years now, I guess, since I was a teenager um, when I first got acne and kind of have had acne throughout my entire teenage and adult life. Um, And it's always been like a source of insecurity for me. And I loved when you were talking about how no one skincare product is like going to solve everything for you that it's much more a reflection of like what's going on inside as well which I think is so true and I've seen you know the reflection on my skin when I'm in a really positive physical and mental space versus when I'm incredibly depressed or stressed out or not eating well like it shows through my skin and I think with kind of you know seeing things on Instagram and um feeling like you want to present yourself a certain way it's easy to fall into the trap of like oh well if I just try this glossier thing or if I just try this like maybe it will do everything for my skin so I'm curious like what your skincare tips or like what your skincare routine is sure yeah I always tell my customers like if you aren't taking care of yourself my products aren't going to work for you. And you know what? Even if you are taking care of yourself, my products might not work for you because not every product works for every single person. It's so easy to fall down that marketing rabbit hole and, you know, seeing these beautiful products and all these influencers saying, it's perfect, it's great, you know, like, it works great for me. Well, everybody's different, which is a beautiful thing. So what might work for me might not work for you, might not work for you know, another person, but I think it takes a lot of trial and error. For me, I think the biggest things for my skin, I drink an insane amount of water. I drink so much water. If I don't, I notice it in my skin, like immediately. If I haven't had enough water that day, you can see it in my face. That's how I think anyway. Probably no one else could tell, but to me, I definitely can. And same with gratitude. I actually think gratitude is a huge part of my physical and and mental well-being. I have a gratitude practice. Every day I write in my journal 10 things that I'm grateful for. And if I don't, I do fall a little bit down into like an anxious cycle. But if I'm doing that 
consistently, my mood is better and more stable. And I find that when I'm in a better mood, you know, when you're happy, you're beautiful. <laughs> like, you, you glow because you're happy from the inside out. I keep a pretty clean diet, although I do, like, you know, love burritos and, like, Domino's <laughs> pizza. And, you know, every once in a while, I really want, like, a big burger. But I try and keep it pretty clean. I think that your gut is probably the most important part of your skincare routine. I always tell people that if you aren't on a probiotic, now I'm not a, a doctor or naturopath or anything, but um, I, I just feel that everyone should be on a probiotic because your gut can always use a little help, especially in this day and age where there's so much pollution. And even if you think you're eating super clean, you know, you might not be. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of stuff sprayed on our food and so I think probiotic is super important. And then for my actual, like, what I'm actually putting on my skin, I'm very strict about my skincare because I want to be a good example for people. I don't want to be promoting something and it's not what I do. You know, it's not what I use. I, I've run into some people before that, that make things and they never use it or they never wear their own products. And I always find that to be a real big disconnect and, and I don't enjoy that. So I, every morning when I wake up, I splash my face with water. I don't typically cleanse in the morning because um, I do my cleansing at night, but I just wash my face with water and I put on my glow serum and then I put on the green beaver sunscreen, which is a really great um, natural sunscreen that's Canadian made. And that's, that's pretty much it. In the morning, that's every day. Um, I don't wear a lot of makeup, so I don't often put that on, mainly because I'm just not great at doing it. So I just sort of stopped, and it made me feel a lot better because I wasn't constantly telling myself I had to fix something before I left the house. Um, so it makes me more confident to not wear makeup. But if people love wearing makeup, like, go for it. I'm all for it. Like, just you do you. And this is just how I, you know, it works for me. And then at night... I oil cleanse with my um, Enliven cleansing oil, which I probably take way longer than any of my customers do. I really like massage it into my skin for a long time. It's just a nice routine for me. Um, I take a few minutes to sort of take a few big deep breaths. You know, it's like alone time at the end of the day. It's kind of nice. And then I usually put a little bit of the serum on the glow serum, and then that's that's it. But I do have a new mask coming out, my first ever clay mask. So lately, if I'm if I'm getting ready to launch a new product, I try and use it like all the time, <laughs> so I can make sure that it doesn't irritate your skin after a certain amount of time. So lately, I've been doing a clay mask like four times a week. So I wouldn't recommend. I'd recommend like once, but I just want to make sure that it's ready for the market. But so right now, I'm doing a lot of face masks. I love it. And I love that you actually use your own products because it it just shows in your brand. Like, I love seeing you on the Instagram stories and just, like, seeing your face as the Lulabelle face, which I don't know if you do purposefully or not, but it really does give more of a connection to the brand and knowing that, like, you actually use your products every day is really cool. Yeah, I think it's so important. I I didn't really do the, the me as the face of the brand on purpose. 
to be honest, I think a lot of entrepreneurs, this will hit a strike a chord with, but I couldn't afford to pay a model at the beginning. So I was like, well, <laughs> I use it. So my, my friend's a photographer and she did all my shots. So that's sort of why my face is everywhere. Um, and then it did, it did really kind of make a better connection for my customers. So yeah, now I do it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. And you're beautiful inside and oh, out. Oh, thank, so. thank you. <laughs> um, so, wow. Oh, my gosh. We're basically almost at the end already. Um, oh, my gosh. And at the end of every episode, I like to do a fun quick fire round to wrap up so you can answer with a word or a couple of sentences. So here we go. What's your zodiac sign? I'm a Gemini, which will come to no surprise to anyone who's ever met me. They'll be like, oh, yeah. She definitely is a Gemini. <laughs> what is your favorite Lulabelle product? Ooh, right now it's probably the mask because I'm using it all the time. But probably, uh, if I'm not testing a new product, my serum. It's what I use every day. My skin feels really weird now without it because I've been using it for so long. So probably the Glow Serum. Who is a woman that inspires you? Oh my gosh, I have so many. <laughs> I have so many incredible women in my life, but probably the biggest inspiration is my mom. She's just a very strong, independent, she's a total force to reckon with. So definitely my mom. Um, all the Etsy artisans of PEI, uh, most, mostly women, they're all incredible, and I've made some really cool friendships there, but they're just always there to help you out and support you. And uh, my business partner for my other business, Savannah, she's definitely inspiring. <laughs> she um, is definitely a multi-passionate entrepreneur. She always has like a million things going on, so I always find it really inspiring to watch her time manage all of it. <laughs> and my friend Kate Flanders, who just wrote her first book um which is really great and I'm just very proud of her so she inspires me all the time but yeah like so many people um what's your favorite scent oh probably like fresh coffee that's <laughs> the best smell in the world what's your favorite place in the world at home uh I live in we bought this really cool old log house and I love being home I'm such a hermit at home with my husband, my pets on the couch. It's probably my favorite place. Also, outside, I love being outside. So, like, the beach makes me super happy. So does the forest, my mom's house. Best place I've ever traveled was Bar Harbor, Maine. It's, like, the cutest little town in the world. And what does your perfect self-care Sunday look like? I would say that my perfect self-care Sunday would be waking up slowly. I get up really early. I usually wake up around... 5 or 5.30. Um, so if I can like sleep till 6.30, I feel very rested. So waking up slowly, I make my bulletproof coffee every morning. It's a definite routine for me. And then I walk the dogs, um, spend time outside. I love being out on my deck, uh, watching a movie, or my husband would tell you napping through one because I <laughs> never stay awake through a whole one. Um, <laughs> meal prepping, having a bath, reading, journaling, going to bed super early because I'm a total grandma and love being in bed by like 8.30. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it so much. Also super impressive that you wake up that early every morning. Yeah, I, I just got used to it. We 
um, we had a cat that needed medication really early. His first pill was at 5.30 in the morning. And then I just, I got, we did that for like eight months. And so I got really used to it. But I love how quiet my house is in the morning. And I have another cat and then two dogs. And I just, I love having my coffee. And they're still all really calm. <laughs> they're not, they're not hyper yet. They're still kind of sleepy. So they're sort of all surrounding me on the couch. It's just nice. Yeah, it's just nice. You can hear the birds start to sing. I really like the mornings. Oh, that was like the perfect picture that you just painted. I was like envisioning (laughs) in my head. I was like, oh, that's so nice. It is really nice. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Self-Care Sunday. If you enjoyed this week's episode and you want to follow Alyssa or Lulabelle Skincare, you can find her on Instagram at Lulabelle Skincare, L-O-U-L-A-B-E-L-L-E Skincare, and the website lulabelleskincare.com. And her personal Instagram is alyssa.sandis, S-A-N-D-I-S. You can also listen to previous Self-Care Sunday episodes at selfcaresunday.co, iTunes, SoundCloud, all those places, and follow us on Instagram at Self-Care Sunday. Happy Self-Care Sunday, everyone.